Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 142 of the Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. Interrupting diet culture, saying no to dieting, and connecting with your body, listening to what your body is telling you it needs, and eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're full. Those are all things that sound so simple, but we know they are not easy. That quote, it's simple but not easy. I first heard that from Evelyn Triboli, one of the co-authors of Intuitive Eating. And it's something I think about all the time. There is so much nuance and individual types of experiences that we need to take into account as one is moving away from dieting. And for you, Listener, I wonder where you are on your food peace journey. And there may be times when you may dip your toe into that big shame pool because it's just so hard, harder than maybe you thought it would be. Because it does, it sounds so simple. But I like to remind you always, and every time I can, every chance I get, that I'm trying to help you to recover into a world that has not yet recovered. It hasn't even really identified that it has an eating disorder yet. So it's really hard to do that work. And I have a letter from someone who is in the place where they're really, I guess you could say in the beginning part of their recovery journey and having to identify what's keeping them in the loop of ambivalence. I feel like ambivalence is such an exhausting spot to be in. Cognitively, it'll make your brain just so tired. Yet, I know that it's hard to choose the next step. So what I did is I connected with recently on Instagram, the folks behind the We're Not Waiting podcast. Their names are Tracy and Tanya. And something that I love to do is to connect with people who have kind of been a few steps ahead of a letter writer. And I can't wait to dive into this letter and have them help me to just find some new different ways to walk the path of food peace. But before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode of a Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace courses. If you're affected by polycystic ovarian syndrome, you probably have been told you have to diet in order to be healthy or get pregnant or just to be well. And I am here to tell you that that is just not the case. Maybe it worked for some people, but for most people, diets don't work. So why are they gonna work for PCOS too? There are ways to move away from dieting and to feel better and improve fertility and mood and all that stuff. I have mapped out a 12-step system that I take clients through individually, and now I have it in a course form. So you can get to all the details on the course at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. 
Also, I help train dietitians to do the same thing, and it includes 20 continuing education units to do it. And you can get to all those details at pcosandfoodpeace.com slash dietitians. If you enjoy this episode of the Love Food Podcast, I would love it if you left a rating or review. If you've subscribed or shared the show with someone who maybe needs it, whether they know it or not. <laughs> Doing these small acts of kindness, they really are small and quick and you can do it really, really fast, but they really help the show grow because it helps move up the show in the Apple podcast, iTunes, whatever algorithms. There is such a mystery, but we know that when people do these types of things, it helps more people just see the show when they're searching for ways to move along their food peace journey. One more thing before we get to this episode's letter. I want to share with you a product that I just found that I was so excited about. It's called the Body Love Box. Before I actually describe the product, I have to tell you, I've been looking for subscription services that are really actually body positive. And I feel like that term body positive is just so commercial now. I hate it because, you know, 10, 20 years ago, it was this really amazing thing that we could use to describe not dieting and helping people to just to find peace, whatever they need. And so now because of its commercial kind of connection, everyone wants to call their products and services as body positive. So it takes a lot of digging for people like you and me to actually find if that actually is body positive. And I found a subscription box that was geared towards self-care and therapy, and I thought it was going to be the one, and no. It was full of things like cellulite cream and detoxes, and oh, I was so mad, and I canceled that thing as fast as I could. But then I discovered the Body Love Box. It looks like a fantastic resource for people who live in large bodies or anyone who just wants to improve their body image and really actually have ways to find products and services that are actually body positive, like true and true. It's a monthly subscription box that gets mailed to your home and it includes things like body positive stickers and pins, as well as deeper resources on body acceptance, health at every size, and intuitive eating. Each box includes items from fat and marginalized creators and pays them a living wage for the work, which I totally value as well. So you can find the monthly subscription at thebodylovebox.com. And just for you, the Love Food listener, there is a 15% off coupon code. And you can use it by typing in love food, all one word, at checkout. And you get 15% off your first month. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear food, I hate you and I love you. You are all I think about. You dominate my sense of self-worth. Sometimes I restrict you. Sometimes I overeat you. A few times I've gotten rid of you. I worry that I will never be able to free myself from you. I recently began eating disorder recovery and is harder than I had ever thought. How are you supposed to recover when there is still a part of you that enjoys your eating disorder? How are you supposed to change when disordered eating has been your way of life since middle school? How are you supposed to make peace with yourself when you look in the mirror and hate what you see? I tell myself that I'm faking it, that I only do these things for attention. I eat in secrecy, lie about what I've eaten, and want people to look at me as the girl with the eating disorder. I find it hard to eat around other people for fear of judgment and embarrassment. I tell myself, there's no way I can actually have an eating disorder because 
People with eating disorders aren't able to feel normal anytime food is involved. But sometimes for me, I don't have a problem eating. I give myself free days or free meals in which I can eat what I want and not feel guilty about it. Usually these days consist of me eating unhealthy, feeling bad about it afterwards, and then just continuing to do it, saying I will make up for it tomorrow. And then there are days where I eat once or twice, and that is all I get for the day. I'm allowed one meal or X in the morning and X and Y later, often with a workout in between. Sometimes food is around me and I eat it just because it's there, even if I'm already full. Sometimes I'm so hungry that I can't focus on anything. I wonder what it would be like to have a good relationship with you, food, to not spend all of my time thinking about you. I wonder what it would be like to eat three meals a day and not feel guilty afterwards. I wonder what it would be like to wear the types of clothes that everyone else wears, but I'm too ashamed to put on my body. I wonder what it would be like to go on a shopping trip alone without having it end with me staring at myself in the dressing room mirror, wondering why I even left the house that day and vowing to never eat again. I wonder what it would be like for my friends to see me as someone other than a weak, hopeless mess whom they have to worry about daily. I wonder what it would be like to eat when I'm hungry and stop when I'm full. I wonder what it would be like to not have food control my life. I wonder what it would be like to eat well, have dessert if I want to, exercise because it's fun, love my body and be happy. I wonder what it would be like to be free. Love, your greatest enemy and your best friend. Hey there, letter writer. Thanks for your note. I really appreciate it. I am so glad you're connecting with recovery and all that it can do for you, which is really free up space in your brain and your life to actually live and connect and have relationships, all those great things. And your note, I really heard loud and clear the ambivalence on what it's going to take to be able to do that. I also appreciate that Many of you can relate to this letter writer. And at the same time, I don't have an experience with food that includes eating disorder recovery. I've also always lived in a smaller body, so I've never been marginalized because of my weight. Part of me doing the work that I do, things like this podcast and meeting with clients and doing writing and things like that, because I don't have the lived experience means that I always need to be studying and listening and shutting up a lot. (laughs) And one of the things I just stumbled upon on Instagram not too long ago was the the um, profile, We're Not Waiting. And We're Not Waiting is an Instagram handle from the podcast with the same name. And the voices behind the podcast are Tanya and Tracy. And they're two people that are walking the path along with you, letter writer, excuse me. Um, and they're trying to find a way to live free from dieting in the scale. And their podcast is really great because they're in the trenches and they're exploring. And um, I think, you know, hearing from people who are walking the path with you, maybe even a few steps ahead, just can provide so many people that I meet with personally um, in my office. It provides them strength and support that I know as me as a clinician cannot. So I asked them to help me with your letter. So let's go ahead and give them a call. 
this is Julie Duffy Dillon. Who's this? Hey, this is Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Hi, this is Tanya. Hey, Tanya. It's so great to hear from both of you. How's your day going? So good. We're so glad to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. So I um, have been loving your new podcast. And when I read this letter, this person connected with a lot of things that I've heard you talk about. So I am hoping you had a chance to read the letter. Did you get a chance to read it yet? We did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So when you were reading it, what was your general impression about what this person's going through? Well, I immediately wanted to just like reach through the, well, the computer, I was reading it on there and give this, this person a hug. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I just felt a lot of, um, felt like they've experienced a lot of hurt and, um, just needed, need a big hug. And, um, I wanted to tell them it's going to be okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. My, my initial impression was just so much love and just so much compassion for what they're going through and what they're struggling with. Um, because I, I want you to know that like I see the pain and I understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's so so much that people, when they're sitting with me in my office, they'll talk about like no one believes me or no one gets it. And um, so it, I wonder if the letter writer or anyone listening who can identify with this letter, how what that's like for them to hear that. Like, I see your pain. I, I see you and I hear you and you know, we believe you like this is really, really hard. And what is it about like moving away from diets and all that crap? Like what? It seems so simple, but it's so hard. But like, I don't know. I I feel like so many people that are outside of this conversation just tend to simplify it and minimize it. Like part of me is like, why don't people get how hard it is? Yeah. yeah. I think it's just so it's just like, yeah, I think it's just so normalized in our culture unfortunately. And so it's hard to separate what is disorder and what is something that's normalized. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. When I was reading, I wanted to hug this person too, because especially the parts where the person said like eating in secret and then feeling like that fear of judgment and embarrassment um, and even like identifying with the eating disorder as identity, you know, like that's like kind of the grounding that the person uses those were things that really pulled at my heartstrings for sure. So when you were reading it, was there anything that you thought of as like, hey, these are some steps that maybe I took or these are some steps that I would say would maybe just to like experiment with to help make things easier? Did you think of anything that would be helpful for this person? Well, um, definitely, as you were saying, it, it, um, this person has it seems like the food is taking control of their life. Um, and then the way to then take control back is, is by, um, kind of leaning into this eating disorder. And so, um, sounds like, um, they're listening to a lot of the the diet messages and food rules that society puts out. And, um, I can completely identify with that, that it's easy to let yourself hear things that, that will make you, um, feel a sense of control over food and, and villainize, you know, um, certain foods in particular. And I've had to really work through the, uh, take a, take a step back and say like, well, what, why do I think that about, um, food? Why do I think that, um, I can't eat that? Why do I think that I I need to be avoiding that? Um, and that's helped me 
just kind of analyze and be like, why am I, what, who am I listening to? Like, who's, Hmm. who's in charge here? (laughs) And, and really say like, no, I'm, I'm these, uh, these messages that I'm going to read about, about restricting or, um, just feeling like this, um, sense of control, it, it needs to shift where I'm in control of, of everything and food is not the one controlling me. Mm-hmm. I love what I just like put a little asterisk around who am I listening to? I love that. I think that's so, um, I think that's so important. And um, taking a step back is something that I really encourage my clients that I work with to find a way to do as often as possible. And I also can appreciate how hard that is. I don't know if either one of you have found ways to help do that because why I tell people that I think it, it's helpful on their food peace journey is it helps to name really where this, like where it's coming from. Like it's not their fault. They don't need to be fixed, but our culture needs to be fixed. Misogyny needs to be fixed. You know, like those are the things that need to be fixed, not them. But you have to take a step back to know that. You need to ask those questions like, who am I listening to? So have you all found any way to do that? Because that's like the secret sauce. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I think something I've learned is that, you know, eating disorder and like those thoughts, a lot of the things that she said, like, those are thoughts that come from the eating disorder. Um, and it's like a voice in your head is kind of like the way I think about it. I mean, I name mine Felicia, but, you know, because they're always like, bye Felicia, like, because it's not, it's not a helpful thought. It's not a helpful voice. So for me, when those like eating disorder thoughts come up, I'm like, okay, Felicia, like you're telling me this. And then, you know, for a long time, I would journal it. Like, this is the thought that I'm having, but let me replace it with the truth, right? So if I'm having a thought of like, I can't eat this certain food, I like replace that with, I can eat this certain food because all foods fit um, Mm -hmm. and it has nutritional value. And I kind of like list out the properties. So it can go something like that. It can go with body image. I mean, there's so many different ways, but I think, training yourself to say that's an eating disorder thought or that's Felicia talking and Mm -hmm. Felicia is wrong. So here's like the truth to replace it with. Um, and I don't necessarily know that Felicia will ever be gone. She will probably be always with me, but I don't have to listen to her is Mm -hmm. what I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, listening to you describe that, like it just reminded me how much work that is, like how hard that is and how this takes so much time that, um, I don't know if this person really explicitly said it, but like so many people that I work with say it and I kind of was getting from this letter. It's almost like this, like annoying, like, why is this taking so long? Why can't I just fix it? Why do I have to like always be in this dark place and ambivalent about it, you know? And it takes a lot to like slow things down, to be able to step back and to ask those questions and to like put those patterns together And especially in this world that's super disordered and it's like normal ways of eating are now just diets and eating disorders. So um, thank you for that. That's really helpful. And um, something I would love to hear what you two think about too is um, this person said, I wonder what it would be like to wear the types of clothes that everyone else wears, but I'm too ashamed to put on my body. I wonder if you could speak on that because I know that's something you all talk about a lot. Yeah. So clothing, like Tanya said, um, is kind of like where it all started for me. Um, not being able to find my clothing size in stores or not feeling like I really fit, um, in the clothing properly or comparing myself to the way other people looked. So I think 
you know, it helps to do a kind of like a closet clean out is usually where I tell people to start to kind of go through their closet and just kind of find things that they, um, feel like make them feel comfortable. You want to feel comfortable and confident is always my goal. Uh, so to go through and kind of get rid of the things, donate the things that don't serve you in that way, and then fill your closet with things that do. So as far as, you know, going to a dressing room and feeling confident in that, I, I tend to tell people at least initially, I mean, maybe at some point it'll be fine, but at least initially don't use the mirror as a, as a tool for how you feel in clothes. The mirror can't tell you how you feel and what you're wearing. Only you can do that. So it's hard because so many dressing rooms are literally like 360 mirrors, but you know, if that's, if going to the stores is too hard, maybe you just order stuff online and try it on at home without a mirror and just ask yourself, like, do I feel comfortable and do I feel confident? And then, you know, like I said, the mirror is not a good reflection of, of how you feel. So. Mm -hmm. For sure. I remember um, hearing Evelyn Tripoli speak once and she talked about if you go in a like dressing room um, before you even go back there, figure out what size you think you are and then pick two sizes up, like pick the size you think you are. And then the next two sizes, bring them all back, start with the biggest one or the largest one, and then try that on. And if it feels the way you want, like you want it to feel in your body, like do all the stretching, bending, whatever, you know, I like to like crouch down to make sure the pants not like going to gape open or something like that. And once it feels the way you want it to feel like you were saying, then that's when the mirror can be helpful to see if it like looks the way you want, you know, like, and that may be something that's like down the, down the road, like that mirror part, you know, but, um, I find so many clients say like, we'll pick a, just, they'll just bring one back. And then it's like, feels uncomfortable. And they're looking in the mirror as they're like, it's feeling uncomfortable. Like, don't even look if it doesn't feel like the way you want it to feel, you know, like wait and wait until later. So those are really helpful things. Um, I appreciate that. And I, the thing I've really liked about the podcast that you were doing is you're talking about these nuanced things, like the actually like the dots, like connecting them and how you're living your life, moving away from dieting and like rejecting the scale and doing all that. So I appreciate your insight very much. And we um, have something on this podcast called the Food Peace Syllabus. And if you're new to the podcast, it's a collection of resources like podcasts and books and I don't know, anything under the sun that can help your food peace journey. And I'm wondering what you would like to add to it. We would love for our podcast to be on there. Of course. Um, I was going to put on there whether you said it or not. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great resource. I, I am so glad you have that available for people. So we would love to uh, share, continue to share our story with others. So that's, that's the main thing I thought of. Today. Yeah. So we're currently just on iTunes. We're, uh, we're not waiting. And then our website is we're not waiting.com. If you don't have, um, iTunes, you can go to the website. All the episodes are on there. You can listen on the website and then Instagram. We're at, we're not waiting. Awesome. Well, my next question was going to be, how can people find you? So that's oh. <laughs> probably a good way to do it, huh? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. We each um, have individual accounts too. Um, my individual account is at the Tracy Vasquez. Mm-hmm. And it's T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z. Mm-hmm. And mine is at Tanya by the Spoonful. Awesome. Thank you so much, both of you, for your insight, your compassion. Um, I think this letter writer has some nice next steps to experiment with. And I just really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate you having us. So there you have it. Letter writer, I hope my discussion with Tracy and Tanya 
was helpful for you. I hope it gave you some new nuggets to kind of just pick up and explore and decide if they're possibly next right steps for you. And I do hope that you give yourself some peace and some gentle, kind compassion as you are moving forward. Because you're right, this is hard, hard work. And I really want for you to experience more food freedom. I think it is waiting for you because there is so much more of you that the earth needs. All right, so I see food has written back. Before we get to the letter, this episode of the Love Food Podcast was brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace courses. You can get to all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. If you enjoyed the show, I would love it if you could leave a rating, review, or subscribe. Remember, doing these acts of kindness really helps the show grow. So until next time, take care. Dear your greatest enemy and best friend, this work you're doing to heal is very hard work and it's good work. With each breath you take, you're interrupting diet culture and moving towards freedom. Yet the journey will appear tedious and exhausting. Honor your need to rest. While resting, take a step back. Ask yourself, who am I listening to? As you name the demons and tease apart the parts needed to heal, you will see an empty space. That empty space belongs to you and only you can fill. It is the space that the eating disorder and diet culture colonized and claimed. It doesn't belong to them. With perspective, rest, and time, you could decide how you will fill that space and who you want to be. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.